Hi, my name is Jenny Kwong. Welcome to Artslink on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary on Treaty 7 lands. It's the September 2019 show, the start of the third year of Artslink with myself and my co-host Nathan Taylor. So Nathan will later have a discussion of the two 1960s movies about juvenile delinquents. The first movie is Lord Love a Duck, and the second is The Warped Ones, also known as The Weird Love Makers. Before that, I have my interview with Chris Gamble, clown and organizer of the Calgary Clown Festival. September will be the first year the festival will be held. It takes place at Pump House Theatres in Calgary. Today, I'm with Chris Gamble from the Calgary Clown Festival in September from the 18th to the 21st. So welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell me about yourself and how the Calgary Clown Festival started. Well, uh, myself, uh, I'm a uh, I'm a clown. I uh, 2009 saw a clown show and it kind of changed my life and I decided to travel to New Zealand and I uh, attended clown school there. And for the past 10 years, I've been kind of working on my craft a little bit. And when I talk about clown, I talk about physical theater more than uh, your typical birthday clown. So we're talking about people that are um, creating messages and stories and, and theater without necessarily using a lot of dialogue. Um, and of course, we put on a red nose. Uh, and the clown festival came about because... Uh, well, uh, Edmonton has a clown festival called Play the Fool Festival, and we wanted one here in Calgary. And so in Calgary, the Pump House Theatre approached me uh, to uh, be the director of the festival, and I said I would love to. And so that's uh, the birth of the festival. So what were the different elements you wanted to bring for the first annual um Festival. Well, uh, number one, we wanted to bring some uh, acts that people hadn't seen, some new works from uh, different Albertans. Number two, we wanted a big draw, which would be um, our main main act called Mump and Smoot, who are described as uh, clowns of horror. Um, so something that's going to really uh, push the boundaries of people's uh, vi uh, visions of what clown is. And the last thing that I wanted to, because I do do children's entertainment, uh, I wanted a family day. So something that specifically families could come to, but then have some other events for adults. Yeah. So tell me about the different shows that will be part of the festival. Yes. Yeah, so our headliner I mentioned is uh, Mump and Smoot, and they are doing their... Uh, second show that they ever created in 1989 called Something. It is a collection of uh, turns or scenes uh, that are just like out of their brain, some pretty amazing uh, um, visuals and, and something a little bit different that you wouldn't expect. We also have two other uh, big shows. One's called Jan and Pig's Ritual Sacrifice by a group called Valor and T here in Calgary. And uh, another show called uh, Teddy, which is uh, created by Dean Barham of the Green Fools and directed by Andy Curtis from Black Radish and uh, One Yellow Rabbit. And there will also be workshops. Talk about those. Yes, um, we are very excited. So um, being able to learn more about physical theater and about clown is really uh, important to me. And so we try to get... Uh, a variety of workshops uh, on board for people either that are 
already established uh, clowns and physical theater artists or people that just want to dabble. And so we've brought in uh, a man named John Davison from the UK. He uh, actually founded London School of Clown, and he's doing a five-day intensive workshop with us that's going to teach you all about what your brand of funny is and and learn about uh, the comedy that is clown. Um, there might be a negative association with clowns out there with uh, movies such as It. So what can you say to ensure people that are thinking of attending the festival? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something that us as clowns always have to deal with. Um, and I would say that if you if you have a phobia of clowns, um, probably stay away. Uh, you're not going to really uh, be able to uh, uh, be in a safe place if you if the sight of a red nose makes you uh, lose your breath and it gives you anxiety. But if it's just something that you're like, hmm, I thought that clowns were just birthday clowns or just to be seen on on it for scary clowns. There's a much bigger world out there where people are creating great things. I mean, most people don't know that, uh, like, we consider, you know, uh, Charlie Chaplin is to be a great clown, you know, the Three Stooges, as well as a little bit more modern. Somebody like Sasha Baron Cohen actually has clown training and uh, a Roland Atkinson, a Mr. Bean. Well, they're all clowns. So something a little bit different. When you were planning this, uh, did you think that it would coincide with Cirque du Soleil? We didn't know. We uh, we kind of, this being our first year, we threw a dart at a calendar, basically, and said, okay, this seems like a great weekend to do it, because it's also the week just before Edmonton's festival. Okay. So that way, we were able to go back and forth. But yeah, it coincides with Cirque du Soleil, as well as with Beakerhead, and so um, it's just a happy coincidence. Okay. I've seen productions by Mump and Smoot before, and so can you talk more about how they put their shows together, I guess? Um, well, I can't speak directly to how they put their shows together, but I can tell you a little bit about their show something. Yeah. Um, it's the second show that they ever did and kind of like the show that got them uh, famous in the uh, North American fringe circuit. And so when they were touring this from uh, the East out to the West, they started to get a following. And then all of a sudden when they showed up at Edmonton for the fringe, they're in their car putting on their makeup and they see this huge lineup outside of their venue. And they're like, what's this lineup for? And somebody said, oh, it's for Mump and Smoot. There's these, these clowns of horror. And so before they even knew it, they were, they were selling out and they are, um, they're just very talented and passionate artists. Both of them, uh, Mike Kennard and John Turner, who they teach um, teach clown and they have really inspired a group of clowns from all over Canada to embrace the art. And Green Fools are known around town for their stilt walkers and the, the, their different, the different uh, um, artists that, uh, that perform at different uh, events. So talk, talk more about them. Yes. Um, Dean Barham, who is the um, artistic director of the Green Fools, he submitted uh, for the festival, and we were so happy to have him on board. And he's uh, he's brought together a new clown. So you might have seen him with his work, Gustavo, the impossibilist, who does a lot of uh, festivals around and some very uh, amazing things. And so what he wanted was a new clown. And this is uh, a clown called Teddy. He's done one show with him before and is hoping to... 
um, expand his repertoire and find out who this character Teddy is. And so to do that, he wanted to step outside of like his own world and his uh, peers in the Green Fools. And he contacted Andy Curtis from One Yellow Rabbit and Black Radish. And he said, would you be interested in directing me? And Andy said, I would absolutely love to. So we have, uh, you know, some uh, uh, clowns and some traditional theater artists getting together to create an amazing work that I'm sure is going to be um, just uh, breathtaking. And that one, I should mention, is also uh, G-rated and good for the whole family. All right. And as you said, you're also interested in in getting kids involved in the family aspect. So talk more about that. Yes, thank you very much. Um, on uh, September 21st, which is the Saturday, at the Pump House Theater, we are having our family fun day. And so we have uh, balloons, face painting, stilt walkers will probably be there, as well as roving entertainment from DJ Hank Starr and um, uh, the wonderful Hamlet the Clown, and two ticketed events. And that is uh, James Jordan Vaudevillian and uh, Teddy from Dean Barham, as I had mentioned before. Both are great shows for the whole family. And we'd love for people to come down and, and just enjoy those festivals. And then in the evening, leave your kids at home and come and see some of the other shows. And you said you have like an interest in physical theater. And so the, some of the workshops are focused on physical theater. Can you talk more about that? Yes. Um, I haven't take, j- taken John Davison's uh, workshop myself, but uh, uh, it is a lot more of just like... Hmm, um, Clowns uh, really embrace what is um, what makes them look silly, I guess. So uh, if you are, instead of hiding, say, I have like a ridiculously tiny legs, instead of hiding my legs, I really like to show that by wearing short pants and everything like that. And so physically we embrace what is different about us, what is, what is uh, weird, and then also being able to convey a story through um, using your body, much like dancers do, as opposed to traditional actors. So we use our bodies a lot. We use um, very little text to to tell a story. And lots of clowns will use gibberish as well um, to speak in clown, if you will. All right. Uh, Anything else you'd like to say before we end? Um, if you are interested in the Clown Festival but are a little bit wary of seeing everything, I highly recommend coming and checking out our late-night cabarets on the 20th and the 21st. It's just $15 for admission for those, and you're going to get five to seven amazing, quick five-minute clown acts that's going to give you uh, a want for more. So please, come and check out the Calgary Clown Festival. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. That was my interview with Chris Gamble of the Calgary Clown Festival. It will be held at Pump House Theater on September 18th to the 21st, with workshops on September 10th and 11th. For more information on the Clown Festival, visit pumphousetheater.ca. A number of the shows mentioned in my talk with Chris are listed, and there are links to purchase tickets online and contact information. The phone number to call to purchase tickets is 403-263-0079, extension 100. The address to Pump House Theater is 2140 Pump House Avenue, Southwest. It's just off Bow Trail. Next is my co-host, Nathan Taylor, with his piece on two 1960s films. 
Lord Love a Duck. It stars Roddy McDowell and Tuesday Weld, the former previously known to me only as Cornelius, acting in chimp costume in the Planet of the Apes series. I'd never even seen his face before this film. Uh, and the latter having a fraught history as a teenage sex symbol. Tuesday Wells starred in a film called uh, Sex Kittens Go to College, a.k.a. Beauty and the Robot. And also, check out what she said about turning down the lead role in Stanley Kubrick's Lolita. In this broad and brutal satire, we get to observe the unfortunate mix of two different types of sociopaths. First, the realistic-seeming Barbara Ann, who is the first to describe her motivation. Here's a clip. Last year... At Longfellow, I won everything. Head cheerleader, Miss Longfellow, everything. But, you know, they tore the building down and they've consolidated and hardly anybody's going to know me here. And I want them to. I want it to be the same. I want it again. You know, Mom sent my picture into the 17 National Smiling Contest and I won runner-up. Everybody said I should have been first, of course. Everybody has got to love me. Everybody. This is my year. My horoscope says I'm going to be famous. I'm a Capricorn and I can't miss. I deserve it, too. I've been very good. Haven't done bad things with boys. Well, a little. But not really bad. And only if I liked a boy. She admits this to our anti-hero, a young man, McDowell was bloody 35 when he played this high school senior, uh, who is obsessed with Barbara Ann. He seems to be able to instantly manipulate every situation to his advantage. And we see him jailed for what we come to discover is murder right at the outset of the film. The story we get in flashback is an irreverent, loftily held middle finger, and the damn thing even bills itself as an act of pure aggression. Here's some of the trailer. Lord Love a Duck looks like a beach party picture, but it's actually a booby trap. Hey, hey. Lord Love a Duck is against teenagers, their parents, movies, cars, school, and several hundred other things. Based on a novel and screen written by the guy who did The Manchurian Candidate, Lord Lovaduck is, I believe, an overlooked masterpiece, uh, featuring clueless yet resolved authority figures who are given space to spout unctuous bullshit like this. The Lord is always listening. But suppose you ask for a promotion and a raise on your job, and the Lord knows you'd really be better at another job. Does he give you that raise? No. As a matter of fact, he probably gets you fired, so you're forced to think and seek work more suitable to your capacities. The answer is so obvious. Prayers are answered. Because whatever happens, that's the answer. Well, I think maybe this is as good a time as any to wrap it up for tonight. Now, next Tuesday night, we'll talk about heading down the home stretch. Oh, cover things like the Christian attitude toward the automobile, knowing how and when to say no without actually offending. And finally, if time permits, is it love or is it sex? Six sure fire ways to tell the difference. 
Now, about Alan, a master manipulator, but who gets himself put in prison before the film even really begins. After another cool opening credit sequence, here's how we meet Alan. Now, the beginning, of course, is Barbara Ann Green. Dear, sweet, simple-minded Barbara Ann. Barbara Ann, whose deepest and most heartfelt yearnings express with a kind of touching lyricism the total vulgarity of our time. Before the events of Lord Love a Duck, we come to understand that Alan is known and somewhat feared by his old principal, played by Harvey Corman in a, a great example of what makes a character actor. And he has a good marquee value for this new school, which is simply called Consolidated. Everything is consolidated in this film. He also knows about and is obsessed with Barbara Ann and enters in a quote-unquote deal wherein he gets her anything she desires in exchange for nothing. In one of the odder, sadder, scarier moments of the film, she asks him just what he gets out of this deal as she has just told him to get her a boy she likes. His response, and it comes as his face for the first time approximates something like confusion and sadness, is, I think of things. Folks, the character of Alan, Molly Mock, is a movie psycho of such understated, rationalized malevolence that he, in my opinion, tops General Jack D. Ripper played by Sterling Hayden in Dr. Strangelove. In the film, he refers to himself in the third person as Molly Mock. That's me, Molly Mock. A bird thought to be extinct, but isn't. Molly Mock nearly maims the high school quarterback, uh, barely break, breaking a sweat. He insinuates himself with Barbara Ann's uh, crush's mum before she even gets to his place and has an ever-expanding collection of keys that conveniently move the plot along, even as he seems to comment on that fact. The film takes the piss out of any and all authority figures, and even has some funny things to say about tastemakers. Fifteen beach pictures I've made. It's the first time I've ever been to a beach. Damnedest sight I ever saw in my life. However, title, title. We need a title. Uh, bikini Vampire. I was a teenage bikini vampire. I married a teenage bikini vampire. Another thing I like about the film are the long takes of Tuesday interacting with others. She's really good, and I'd like to play you an example of a situation that brings her back to Alan for more help. It's very passive-aggressive. Oh, it's good to get out of these clothes. You know, oh, that is a pretty sweater. But, but that's Acroson Silipolitex, isn't it? You know, that stuff is great. It's so, <laughs> so much better than the cashmere like I have, and it's so much cheaper, too. You know, it's amazing what the Japanese do with chemicals today. And if, yes, there's washing instructions right inside. No. You know, you can burn it, you can spit anything on it. Just burn it. it right away. You can burn it? Yeah, sure. No. And you know, it's moth-proof, rust Wait a second, I just, hey, is that Billy Gibbons' pen? Oh, yes. Is it really? He, you get, he, he tried to give it to me last year. No. Is he a crazy kid? Yeah. He <laughs> is just Billy. too much. How'd you get it? He's <laughs> such a great kid. Yeah, I know. You know, you seem like a very nice girl. We have a club around here. It's called a cashmere sweater club. Well, you, you ought to drop by sometime. Meet some of the girls. All you need are 12 cashmere sweaters to join. 
Really, do that. Come by some evening. Oh, good. <laughs> Twelve cashmere sweaters. Yes, good. Thank you. Alan, will you stop spinning? I need 12 sweaters to belong to the club. Cashmere sweaters. Now, this thing I have on isn't even cloth. It's some kind of chemical. What is that? That is the formula for your sweater. Two parts acrosone, one part silly latex, and water. Oh, lots and lots of water. Oh, you know, this damn thing doesn't even burn. Oh, of course it does. No, it doesn't. Sure it does. If I remember correctly, the burning point for Acrosan is 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which does, of course, indeed, for all practical purposes, make it fireproof. Now, this is not funny. What am I going to do? You have a father, don't you? Of course. He lives in Oxnard somewhere, and he sells things. Now, divorced parents always feel guilty. Now, if you could make your father feel really guilty... Guilty? Uh-uh. Really guilty. Let us say, uh, guilty squared. Guilty squared? Yeah. Father plus divorce times guilty... Squared equals sweaters. Guilty enough for twelve sweaters? Molly Muck writes sweaters to the power of thirteen. Well, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's the new maths, Bob Ryan. As much as I like this movie as a whole, special shout-outs have to go to Lola Albright, who plays Marie, Barbara Ann's mom. She's a cocktail waitress who exudes such life and fun from her taboo profession and her sisterly relationship with her daughter. She really plays out like the only real person in this movie. This, unfortunately, is exploited in a way that makes me think of Ellen Burstyn's performance in the ultimately emotionally manipulative Requiem for a Dream Uh, When Lola's Marie meets the mother of Barbara's crush, played by Ruth Gordon, she's basically slut-shamed into suicide. In a scene that I find hard to watch, she's so good. The screenwriter, George Axelrod, twists the knife during this part of the film, having Molly Mock murder Marie, but only after we see her suffer and reach out for help, even to her unsympathetic ex-husband. So as an aside, Lola Albright, who... I'm in love with now, has uh, a couple of jazz albums, one produced by Harry Mancini called Dreamsville from 1959, and uh, in her role as Edie Hart on TV's Peter Gunn, had a chance to sing cool tunes on TV, and I especially love the YouTube clip of her rendition of How High the Moon, where she gives the signal for her friend Shorty Rogers to play the solo. So speaking of real... Incidentally, Molly Muck, like many psychopaths, is so solipsistic that he has a rant about Barbara Ann's love interest not being real. And here's the scene where he plays back a recording he just made of them making out. All right. Be mad. I'm not mad. I think it's funny. You and that toy person. How could I be mad? 
Oh, St. Bernard, whatever his name is. He's not real. He's like a toy they manufacture. Yeah, like one of the Ken and Barbie dolls. Yeah, you dress them, undress them. You buy them clothes and you wind them up and their little hearts go lub-a-dub, lub-a-dub. But they're not real. Alan, I don't care what you say. I think he's beautiful. And not only that, I want him. The last thing I'll say about Lord Love a Duck is that it's always nice for me to run into a film that might have been an inspiration for a Forbidden Dimension song. In Forbidden Dimension's uh, album Sin Gallery, there's a title of the name Bikini Widow, which is exactly where this plot leads to. Lord Love a Duck can be watched for free on YouTube. I sincerely hope you give it a shot. With its virtuoso opening that goes on for about 18 minutes before presenting the first plot complication, the Warped Ones, a.k.a. the Weird Lovemakers, grabbed my attention like few films I've experienced. We, as the audience, are treated to one of my favorite handheld camera experiences of all time. In black and white, we follow juvenile delinquent Akira as he is busted during a pickpocketing operation, goes to juvie jail, where he both suffers mental and physical trauma, and then refines his craft, uh, which is depicted in an astoundingly stunning uh, opening credit sequence involving involving short, freeze-framed tableaus and jazz music featuring Max Roach on drums. Here, I should explain that jazz is the fuel to the fire for these wayward youths, Everyone, most of all Akira, is mad, mad, mad for jazz. There are uh, hoods who seethe and snarl and swing as they exude violence, or at least adolescent obsession with jazz. Of the uh, films I'm talking about today, this one is probably the most quote-unquote unhinged in its portrayal of young criminals, and there is uh, rape involved in it. Uh, It is a singular film from 1960, And I can't really play you much in the way of clips because it's all in Japanese, but I will play you this. This is towards the beginning of the film where uh, our two anti-heroes get out of uh, the pokey and steal a car. And we see as Akira is obsessed with finding jazz on the radio as he drives. And you see how these people are just, (laughs) there are snarling creatures. Like there's a guy, he growls at the sun. This is what kind of movie we're talking about here, folks. I hope you enjoy it. It's called The Warped Ones, a.k.a. The Weird Lovemakers. And please, as part of uh, my service to CGSW and you, the citizens of uh, Calgary and the world, please check it out. Let's go! Well, that's it for Arts Link for the month of September. I hope you enjoyed listening, and I'd like to make a couple of announcements. Axes and Allies, the big old Milton Bradley board game, 
I don't know who owns it now, but it is being played at uh, the military museums on Friday, September 13th at 7 p.m. It's free. They'll teach you how to play it. And if your campaigns are long and successful enough, they will reconvene the following day, Saturday, September 14th, to continue play. So that's Axis and Allies at the military museums, 4520 Crowchild Trail on Friday, September 13th. It's hosted, uh, co-hosted by one of my previous guests, uh, Rory Corey. Also on Friday, September 20th, the uh, documentary from World War One, or on World War One, I should say, They Shall Not Grow Old, the one that Peter Jackson and his insane group of uh, cinematic superstars have uh, combed through all this old footage and uh, made it look bright and shiny, and apparently this film is very, very good. So that is They Shall Not Grow Old on Friday, September 20th, also at the Military Museums. For the song this month, well... It's interesting uh, that I should mention something like this uh, previously in the episode with the Forbidden Dimension song. Uh, I'm not going to play the Forbidden Dimension song because something even more interesting happened to me. As I was recording this very uh, show, I happened to hear on Wooly Bully, which is a show that uh, airs on CGSW from 3 to 4 every Saturday, happened to hear the song that closed the gap. Uh, knew this uh, sample from the very beginning of an album um, of Ipecac Records, and finally it came full circle. I can tell you uh, with um, authority that the sample that you'll be hearing is a song called Girl on Death Row, performed by Dwayne Eddy as covered uh, or at covering a Lee Hazelwood tune. So this album is called The Sounds of Disaster from a group simply called End, and it's off Ipecac Records from 2004. I hope you enjoy it. The song is called You Only Live Once. Talk to you folks again in October. Thank mm-hmm. you. 